to Chicago. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is the TCSF Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Ho, ho, ho. Oh, boy. Episode 76 is brought to you by 606 Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF Podcast t-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 for 15% off your entire order. That's TrueFan15. Go and get your official TCSF shirts now. Immediately. <laughs> As always, I'm Big Z and I'm here with my boy E-Rock. What up, E? What's good, Z? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the show. If you're a first-timer or a long-timer, please remember to hit that subscribe button, that notify button, and go ahead and give us a review on your listening app of choice. And don't forget, you can support the show with a monthly subscription at anchor.fm slash true Chicago sports fans. Go on over there and click on support, and you can subscribe to the show for as low as 99 cents a month. Look, it's the holidays, New Year's coming up so you know help us make a little bit of extra coin we got to pay for this equipment uh listen do you like the show then tell your friends and they will tell their friends and we can all be friends and we talk about sports movies and all types of ill shit together look z what's up brother i, you, I see you sitting I, i'm over here on the zoom call i don't see you in person what's going on with you hey man uh I- it's been a hell of a week, man. Hell of a week. Let's let's start for let's start chronologically because you know I have a bad memory. Let's start off with Tuesday bowling. Bowling was amazing. I hit my uh, all time, uh, not all time, but my season high for this season of one eighty nine. Uh, the, the pins were falling for me, so I, it felt great. You know, like I've been telling my, my teammates and everyone else. Uh, there is no pain in the hip after bowling now, so it is a lot better. So it's my highest since my surgery. So it's glad to be back where I feel more comfortable. Um, then I caught a cold on Wednesday. So those uh, nasty kids uh, that you send to school with the snot nose and coughing and sneezing, yeah, they get your teachers infected. So um, uh, please don't do that. Yeah, I caught that cold on Wednesday, and I've been, uh, I've been I haven't been sick since uh, before the pandemic. So it felt weird to be sick and be out of commission for a while. Um, still had to go to work just because uh, we were shorthanded, so that kind of sucked. Um, but you know, I feel a lot better today. So that's, that's all I can say. Let's see. Friday. Uh, Friday was busy as well. As well. Friday uh, went over to see WWE SmackDown. That uh, was a great wow. show. Yeah, I got to see Brock Lesnar in person, the suplex machine. He was, he was, you know, big country boy whooping some ass. So, you know, everybody likes to see a big, big country boy whoop some ass. So who doesn't, right? <laughs> and then uh, Saturday morning, I started my morning right by going to see that uh, friendly uh, neighborhood superhero. And uh, we'll talk about that later on in the show. We'll break that down. And then later that night, I saw that joke of a fight with Jake Paul. And um, yeah, so 
<laughs> I'm counting down the days. I got three more days of work, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I'm off for two whole weeks. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what are you? What's, what you been up to, bro? Bro, uh, not getting two fucking weeks in a row. What's going on there, man? <laughs> uh, we, we, we talked about, oh, I need my whole summer. And get out of here, man. You're a student. Get out of here. Look, man, I, look, I had a uh, a pretty great week, you know, counting down the final days before Christmas, trying to get the last minute shopping in. Uh, went out last Friday, go see Mike Logic and Ideal perform a couple of songs from Mike Logic's new album, as I was saying. Uh, don't forget to go check that out on Bandcamp, mikelogic.bandcamp.com. That's Logic with a K. Uh, he's back. The new video for the single So Low is available on YouTube. I look I, it's been a while since I was able to check out some live music a lot of different um bands acts uh musicians all types of stuff you had some R&B Jamiroquai feeling a uh, uh, cat some of the new new school hip hop that I have no idea what the hell they're saying and why they're jumping around so much I feel very old when I do that but uh you know that that's what it is but yeah I mean we had a good time went out there great great production uh, Shadowmaster MC was out there for those of you who don't know you need to figure that out uh, but yeah, make sure, like I said, go check out uh, Mike Logic's new album. As I was saying, MikeLogic.BandCamp.com, also available to stream. I've been listening to it nonstop. And, uh, you know, the best part about it is you can go get it because it's a great Christmas present. Make sure you get it in. Like I said, Christmas, the season is here, ladies and gentlemen, 2021, almost over. Maybe you need a fresh start. So let me tell you about a great opportunity with our friends over at ACSI. With over 50 expert technicians in the Chicagoland area, ACSI offers a one-stop shop for telecom wiring. Whether residential cable installation, fiber to the home, or commercial structured cable wiring. ACSI is a proud partner of both Comcast and RCN. Guys, let me tell you the most impressive thing about ACSI. During these hard times, the ACSI crew did their thing during the COVID-19 pandemic, and ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. The best part is that ACSI is growing bigger and better than ever. Start your new year off right. ACSI is now hiring for field sales technicians and project managers. Check out ACSI.tech, that's A. ACSI.tech and click on careers to apply today. ACSI is an equal opportunity employer. Go and get you a job. Please do it. Please. Look, uh, this week it's Christmas. It is Christmas, ladies and gentlemen, my favorite time of year. We're going to do a little bit of discussion about this uh, COVID outbreak in the United Center. The Bears are going nowhere, so we're going to introduce part one of our Bears head coach search. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about our cr favorite Christmas memories and, uh, as always, stirring the pot and what you looking at. But first, this is The Big Three with Big Z. Thanks, E-Rock. I'm Big Z, and you're not. Now, nope. for, <laughs> now for today's stories. Story number one. New York Giants legend Lawrence Taylor was arrested in Florida and is facing two felony charges per reports. The retired NFL legend Lawrence Taylor uh, was arrested in Florida Thursday as Fox Sports 640 Andy Slater first reported. The Hall of Fame pass rusher and longtime Gi Giant star is facing two felony charges for failing to alert authorities to a change in his address. 
This comes 10 years after Taylor, who is 62 now, pleaded guilty to charges of sexual misconduct and patronizing a prostitute, resulting in him becoming a registered sex offender, which requires informing authorities of new residences. Taylor was booked around 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time, according to TMZ, and released later that Thursday night from the Broward County Sheriff's Office. His attorney, Arthur Aldea, told TMZ that the former linebacker has been compliant with all of the rules and regulations regarding his legal status for the past decade. Taylor's is in the middle of divorce, and however, and his local, his local police department suggested it would be best if he slept at a nearby hotel. Mr. Taylor was consistently a consistently a resident of the marital home where he was registered, but on the advice of law, local law enforcement, he was sleeping outside of the home. We are confident that this will be dismissed at the first court hearing. What do you think about this, man? Uh, so, you know, if you know who Lawrence Taylor is, LT, the original uh, gangster, the original LT uh, before LaDainian Tomlinson, you know that... Uh, my man really likes drugs. Uh, he was a bit of a cokehead. We knew that. And, uh, you know, he was previously arrested for uh, in New York for raping a 15-year-old. Um, yeah, he was arrested in, uh, in uh, November of 2009 uh, after leaving a scene of an accident. And he's had a bunch of uh, drug-related arrests uh, since retiring from the league in 93. So, you know, it, it's sad that we see him continue to be in the news for legal issues at the age of 62. And, um, you know, I, this is one of those scenes that's going to follow him around for the rest of his life because he just couldn't he couldn't shake it. You know, he was kind of in that era of athletes who love to do like a lot of, uh, you know, felonious shit. Yeah, he, he thought <laughs> like, he was above uh, the law. Right. It was just well, it was a whole New York thing. It was like, hey, do you got Coke? I love Coke. Let's do Coke. So that was kind of their thing back then. But. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of sucks. You know, he, he has to keep up on his P's and Q's. You got to stay up and make sure that they know where you are. Because once you're a registered sex offender, it's going to follow you along, uh, around for the rest of your life. And you got to make sure that you let the authorities know what you're doing. Otherwise, it's going to seem real shady. Yeah, I agree with all that. Now, the thing is that if the local police department said, hey, you know, you're having you know, disputes with your woman there and, you know, you're getting divorced and you're fighting with her, you know, maybe it's best you leave. So kind of an entrapment in a way because you're you're telling him to leave, knowing that he's a sex offender, and then you're gonna charge him with not, you know, letting the authorities know that you changed address. You know, it's just what it is. I mean, you know, like I said, you 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 got yourself into that situation. No one else did that to you. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I I, I can't feel sorry for him. You know, I, I I we can still recognize his accomplishments his accomplishments on the field but you know i i, I don't want to hear no about no more about this ain't shit with this guy I'm, I'm tired of that there we go story number two all right this one uh this one hit us hard earlier this year uh late nfl wide receiver vincent jackson diagnosed with stage two cte the former chargers and buccaneers wide receiver who was found dead earlier this year in florida in the florida hotel room has been diagnosed with stage two chronic traumatic and so I had I was practicing this earlier. Encephalomat ah, encephal I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get it. Encephalopathy. Nope, nope. Still can't get it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I tried this. I, I practiced this really hard before we uh, we went out there. Encephalomat. Yeah, we believe I'll believe you, sure. I have the I, here, you know what? You know what? This is what I'm gonna do right now. This is what I'm gonna do. You need the word of the day calendar. I, well, now you know what to get me for Christmas. Here we go. 
encephalopathy. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing for uh, the rest of the um, podcast forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Concussion Legacy Foundation announced that Thursday. Uh, Jackson, who spent seven seasons playing for the Chargers and five for the Buccaneers, was found dead in Brandon, Florida, in a hotel room in February after his family reported him missing. He had been staying in a hotel room, hotel for a month. He was 38 years old. Vincent dedicated so much of his life to helping others. Even in his passing, I know that he would want to continue the same legacy. This is Jackson's widow, Lindsay Jackson, who said in a statement. Uh, so he, do- he donated his brain to the VABUCLF Brain Bank, and we hope to continue seeing advancements in CTE research, enabling physicians to diagnose the disease in living and ultimately find treatments options for the future. There's still a lot to be learned and understood about CTE and the education is key to prevention. The conversation about the topic needs to be more prevalent and our family hopes are that others will feel comfortable and supportive when talking about CTE moving forward. Um, I mean, we, we're starting to see this a lot more in former NFL players and even in current NFL players who've been in the league for a long time who don't know how many concussions they've uh, incurred. So this is something that we're going to see more and more and more in the news as these players retire or leave the game. Yeah, I mean, and and a guy like Vincent Jackson, if you don't know, he was also called VJax. I mean, he was one of these dudes that that I I really admired. I used to always have him on my fantasy team. Um, I remember him with the Chargers with Philip Rivers and LT the second and Antonio Gates and that that kind of I, I was like a. Uh, I was paying attention to the Chargers from far away, just kind of like watching to see what they would do. You know, it wasn't just the powder blues that made themselves dope. It was just like they were such a good offensive team and they could never truly get over the hump with the way that uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots were playing at the time. But um, yeah, I mean, to see them uh, uh, do their thing and have such a strong team and and just to watch him through his career, um, you know, it, it's sad. This is this is coming more and more prevalent where we're finding out all the uh, symptoms that these guys are going through. And CTE is not something that can be diagnosed until after someone passes away and they're actually able to study the brain. Uh, you know, we talked before a little bit about Dave Durison famously uh, when he did commit suicide. He, he shot himself in the chest so that his brain could be preserved. And, um, you know, I do want to take the opportunity. We've done this several times before. We will do it as many times as it's necessary. If you or someone you know is suicidal or has suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline 800-273-8255. 800-273-8255. If you need help, you know, there is always going to be somebody uh, there to to talk to you. And like we said before, we much rather spend, you know, a couple hours trying to talk to you and help you rather than visit your funeral. That's just what it is. Um, but yeah, along with the CTE, we're seeing more and more NFL players get diagnosed. And unfortunately, like we said, it's after they pass away because that's when it can be diagnosed. So um, I don't know how much we're still seeing the NFL address this during the season, aside from acknowledging concussions. We saw some bad ones uh, in the last couple of games. Actually, I want to say the last Thursday night game, um, the, the the tight end had a pretty bad concussion and you could just see it laying, see him laying there on the ground. And it's scary because, you know, they always describe this as like a, a, a hundred little car accidents in every game or whatever you want to say. So, 
I think that the NFL is trying to do whatever they can to make the game as safe as possible, but it's a dangerous sport and it's just gonna, it's gonna mess you up. I mean, you're paid millions of dollars and that's part of the compensation, you know, and that, and that's a scary thing, but it just, it's terrible to see that it's, it's just taking them to the point where, where they feel like they can no longer live a productive life. Yeah, it does. I mean, obviously you're messing with the brain. Now, obviously at this point, we don't know a lot about the brain as it is. And now we're, we're seeing this this uh, progression, this disease of CTE. Um, and it's being, like you said, put in the limelight. And the thing is that you have all these major players coming out and saying, I have CTE or they pass away from uh, committing suicide from the CTE. What about the linemen, the the un, the, the the guys that are, don't have the the common name, the, the the marquee name, those guys are literally a car crash every single play, and we don't hear about this unless they have a big name, unless they're like a Nick Bosa or you know a Danny Trevate. Like if it's not a big name, if it's just you know regular old you know nose tackle that on the Ravens, you don't know them, and they can be suffering from this as well, and it's just not put in the limelight because they're not a major name. Well, I think in general, like what we've seen recently with Everson Griffin and, and his mental health issues, Brandon Marshall being an advocate for speaking about mental health. I mean, I think it's starting to come more to light that when you do recognize that you're going through something that you feel that you have the ability to talk about it and not be judged by your peers because it is becoming more commonplace to be able to talk about it, you know, and it is important. But you know you talk about the linemen they they're it's very small collisions compared to the linebackers mm-hmm. you know what i mean those linebackers that are are further back they're actually probably getting it worse than anyone else because someone's running at you mm-hmm. and you have to react to that you know what i mean so and you have no idea and you really don't have that much control over which direction or how you fall and things like that so that's the scary thing but you know hey dave durson on the defense for the bears uh, Vincent Jackson offense, so you don't know. You know, Junior Seau had an issue too, linebacker right there. So it's just, it, like I said, it's sad. And, um, you know, we just want these players to be as safe as possible because we enjoy the game as it is, but we want them to be as safe as possible. And we want to make sure that after they're done with the game, that they can live a healthy and productive life. Well said. All right. Story number three. Let's end on a high note. Bills fans donate over 20 grand to a visual impairment charity to tease blind officials from the Buccaneers game last week. Yeah, I love this story. Numerous Buffalo Bills fans blamed the officiating for their team's loss of 33-27 in overtime to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last Sunday. The uh, ire forward, uh, the ire toward the officials eventually turned into something positive, however. Bills fans began donating to Vision Impairment Advancement, a local nonprofit supporting people with vision loss, as a nod to the blind officials. Most of the donations came via a $17 increments to represent a Bills quarterback Josh Josh Allen's jersey number. People in Buffalo, when they are aware of an opportunity to help, they rise to the occasion. Tammy Owen, president of the CEO of VIA, told News 4 Buffalo. It makes you feel great not only about the clients that we serve, but the wonderful nature of the people who live in our community. This is a great story, man. Bill's Mafia has been doing it right for a while. It's a great story when you think about the comedic factor in this 
first and foremost. I mean, I think we've all seen someone making a drawing or a caricature of the three blind mice dressed up in their uh, their refs uniforms. Um, and look, the Bills had such a hard time trying to get over uh, the whole Tom Brady ghost that like sat there for them the week before they lost to the Bucks. They lost to Mac Jones and the Patriots, and it, it, and it. I want to say they had something like five games where it was like a one one score game at the end, and they were on a, a bit of a losing streak, especially for a team that we saw that that looked like it was going to be a Super Bowl contender. And don't get me wrong, they are a very good team. Though they're, I think they'll bounce back. But you know, it's kind of funny to see something like this, and for the city of Buffalo to kind of take over and donate to charity on behalf of the refs is, is it's amazing as far as a charity standpoint but it's also absolutely hilarious as a fan from a fan standpoint well done bills mafia absolutely i'm big z and that's news to me we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor Two Chicago sports fans show off your Chicago pride with some fresh clothes from Grit Clothing Company. At Grit Clothing, they create that simple yet classic style that represents that Chicago Southside lifestyle. From t-shirts to hoodies, hats to glassware, they've got you covered. Grit has everything you need to represent your Chicago pride. So do it right now. Check out GritClothingCo.com and use the promo code TrueFan15. TrueFan15. For 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, percent off your entire order. Let me say it again. That's gritclothingco.com and use the promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off of your entire order. Welcome back to the TCSF podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. This is The Loop. Our Chicago Sports Roundup, where we keep you in the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome, welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Z, what's going on at the Madhouse on Madison with the Chicago Blackhawks? The Chicago Blackhawks lost again in overtime to the Dallas Stars. In that game, we had a scary moment with Tanner Carroll was taken off the ice on a stretcher after Dallas Stars center was hit by Chicago Blackhawks forward Brett Connolly at the 302 mark of the first period at the American Airlines Center in Dallas this past Saturday. The Stars uh, said that Carroll is conscious, alert, and responsive. He was taken to the hospital for precautionary measures and evaluation. Kiro, who has two assists in, in, a, in 12 games this season, was looking down for the puck in the defensive zone when Conley stepped up between the blue line and the right face-off circle and checked him. Conley was assessed a major penalty for interference and a game for misconduct. Kiro fell backward and appeared to hit his head on the ice. The medical staff was called for a stretcher after the checking of Kiro. Conley will have a hearing with the NHL Department of Player Safety uh, this uh, past Sunday. Um, did you see this hit, man? 
Um, I, I saw the aftermath of him sitting there. I didn't. Uh, I don't like to see those hits and things like that. It really kind of messes with me. But uh, you know, it's it's scary, and there's a reason why. If you if you ever see like uh, high school hockey, they actually have, and and peewees and all that stuff. They actually have a stop sign, a little patch that goes on the back of the uh, of the jersey to tell you, hey, uh, maybe don't do that. Yeah. But it's scary, especially on the ice, because you're going so damn fast. It's not like you can run fast in football, but no one's running as fast as someone skating. And it's uh, it's scary stuff, man. I, I hope I hope this young man is OK. Um, I know that a lot of the Stars players and coaches uh, were a little bit uh, scared and, and weepy when they were going up to the uh, podium post game to talk about the game and, and what happened with him. So, you know, I, I wish him all the best. And, uh, you know, kind of he's got a he's going to go through the protocol. He's going to have a hearing and seeing what what they're going to do as far as suspension and, and fines and things like that, because it's a pretty major violation. Yeah, it essentially this is just like in the NFL where you're 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 hitting a defenseless player. Um, they're not looking they can't see you and if you're going full speed and you're gonna check somebody i mean you can really hurt somebody on the ice like you said in in football you can still have like some type of grip and be able to maybe uh move to the side maybe lessen the blow but in hockey it's hard to stop on ice like to stop on a dime um again this hit was nasty um i saw the replays um i was called attention to it because i was watching uh espn and then I saw his teammates crying on, on the podium, like you said, and they were shaking. They were like, oh, he's a great guy, this, this, and that. And I believe that he had a, a, a pri- he was hit prior um, uh, in another season So because he, he spent time in the AHL prior to being called up for the 12 games. So he was making a comeback uh, prior to that as well. So if this is the second time he's been hit pretty hard. Um, again, we, we really want to wish him his, his, the best in his speedy recovery. Um, I don't think Conley had a a, uh, a malicious uh, intent, just trying to make a big hit. Yeah, the uh, Blackhawks interim coach, Derek King, you know, he says you don't want to see that or wish that upon anybody. Connolly is not that type of player, so I don't know if this was just a weird collision or he really didn't see him, but, you know, you hope Tanner is good. And he also said that Tanner is a real good kid. I had him in Rock- Rockford for a bit when uh, Derek King was the coach of the Ice Hogs. And, uh, you know, he said, like like I said, you don't want to see that, but it does happen in this game, and hopefully he's fine. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, echo that sentiment. Hopefully this kid is is, is okay and going to be okay. And, you know, just talking about CTE with Vincent Jackson, you know, this is definitely something that can happen with the concussions and things like that in hockey. And I don't think it gets talked about in hockey at all, really. Um you know, so I hope the kid's OK. And, uh, you know, it's not it's not good for the Blackhawks uh, when, when you, you have you have so much bad press lately for this team. Um, everything with the sex scandal that we talked about before with the uh, with the young man uh, back in uh, back in 2010. So, you know, we just don't we, we don't like to see any of this stuff pop up around our team or at all, to be honest. And I, like I said, I, you know, we, we hope the kid's OK. And, uh, you know, I, it, there's there's not a whole lot I, I can I can say about this until we know everything that that, you know, what they determine. Yeah, this is a second straight loss, an OT as in many games. The Blackhawks are four, four and two in their last 10 games. I mean, right now. The expectation for the Blackhawks is that they turn, they, they get rid of this black eye from the uh, uh, that starts at the top, and has been trickled down to to the plane on the ice. Uh, they have a new coach. Uh, the lines are different. Players are getting uh, moved around. Um, 
they're playing a little bit better. They're losing games, but they're not losing by big margins. The problem is they can't stop anyone from scoring, um, and it's t- it's tough for the goalies to to stand on their head night in and night out. So, e, my question to you is: what is your what is your expectations for the Blackhawks the rest of the season? I mean, look, when we look at, you know, started from the bottom, now we're here, right? That's what's going on. So you had, you know, this coach who I don't know what the hell he was doing there in the first place. And now that everything is really coming to light with everything that happened with Q, and I think I mentioned this before, was that the reason that they they got rid of him and changed over to Collinson when, you know, Collinson, I feel like, was never ready to be an NHL head coach at all. But with everything that happened with Q, they fired him midseason. There had to be, I think, a lot of things. Stan Bowman was out. There's a lot of things that I think was that we didn't know about as far as fans and the public were concerned about what was going on behind the scenes with that organization. So, you know, after they had everything turned around and and after the whole thing with, with the, older, um, the older generation of the ownership and all that stuff, we saw all this stuff happening. So I really wonder if Coach Q being let go had to do something with that. Now... You look at where they are now. I think this is kind of where the national media, the big hockey guys expected this team to be. You're not super good. You're not real bad. You're kind of in the middle. So I think that they they have done such a weird job of getting rid of players that we expected to be here for a long time. Like I talked about before, our time, uh, Panarin, the bread man. A lot of these players, you're like, oh, you're gonna, you know what I mean? They they got they traded Shaw, they brought him back. So it's a very weird transitional place for the Blackhawks, and hopefully that they can kind of use some of these younger players uh, as building blocks to get back to where they were in the past when they were winning championships. Is that going to happen anytime soon? I don't know, but I think that they are in a good direction right now, considering where they were right before they fired Collison. Yeah, I totally agree with you with, on uh, all those sentiments. I think the Blackhawks are, uh, have a... Obviously, you have your two pillars with Avery Kane and, and uh, uh, Taves. Um, we don't know what the goalie situation is going to be. Are they going to go younger? Are they going to trade the the older statement to uh, be able to finish his career at, on a high note with a playoff team? What do they think you're going to get back for them? The defense isn't that great right now. So what, what, what avenue are they going to take? Are they going to go... I mean, in hockey, it's more in, in developmental and in drafting than in any other sport because of the hard salary cap in, in, in that sport. So that makes it hard to uh, turn a turn a team around much quicker. You know, like football, you can turn a team around in, in about a year. Um, baseball as well, you can do that because you can buy players and you you work with the salary cap and move stuff around. In hockey, it's a hard cap and, and it is what it is. And these guys are getting ten year deals for you know thirty million, so they're making three million dollars a year. They're not getting paid a lot. So um, we hope that the Blackhawks can actually make this uh, season a little bit more fun than um, it started. Yeah, I mean the diehards are going to watch no matter what. So I mean that's that's kind of like how that goes, especially with the Blackhawks and also the other tenants of the United Center. Z, tell me what's going on with the other side with the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls team-wide COVID-19 scare is almost coming to a finale, brother. The Chicago Bulls star DeMar DeRozan's guard Kobe White and Javante Green are clear for the NBA's health and safety protocols as of this past Saturday and will be available to play 
against the Lakers. Now, I know you guys are going to hear this on Sun on uh, Tuesday. We're recording on Sunday, guys. So this is what we know at the point at this point. Sunday night's game against the visiting Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so they'll be available to play for the game, providing that the Bulls uh, with a few reinforcements for the first game in more than a week. A fourth of the Bulls players, oh, I'm sorry, a fourth Bulls players, Derek Jones Jr. also cleared the league's protocol this week, but was listed as questionable for Sunday on the team's injury report. The Bulls haven't played a game since December 11th in their loss to Miami, uh, Miami's heartbreaker. A team-wide COVID-19 outbreak landed 10 other players in the league's protocol and resulted in two other games being postponed. However, Chicago has not reported any new positive cases uh, to players or the coaching staff since Monday. After a week away from the team's uh, activity, the Bulls returned to practice uh, this past Saturday afternoon, hoping to put their season back on track. E, what do you think about this, man? So, you know, we sat here forever waiting to see if they were actually going to postpone some games. I mean, we saw some games get postponed in in the NFL, NHL with uh, that affecting the Blackhawks. But I mean, it I felt like it took way too long for the NBA to figure out, hey, uh, maybe, maybe we should, uh, you know, push these games back. And, and because at one point, the Bulls didn't even have enough players to play a game. You, you're required to have at least eight at any time. And they didn't have that many because literally the whole damn team had COVID. It started with Kobe White. You had DeMar DeRozan. You had literally, as you went down the line, you had AO. You had everybody at some point be like, well, I guess it's my turn. Now, were they sick or did they have symptoms or did they just test positive? I don't know. And we know what kind of effects it can have on a professional player because you think about what effects it had on someone that you know. Uh, we, we heard Stacey King talking about it a little bit and talk about how to kick his ass on when he went to Twitter and talked about it a little bit. I didn't even know that Bill Wennington had it when he was after he filled in for him on the on the TV side. So, you know, this is something that I think we all know at this point is no joke. I mean, it, it's one of those things where we don't want to be bogged down by the sense of like, well, we don't have, uh, we, we, you think about back to the beginning of the COVID outbreak when you're like, I can't even, I won't even look in your direction because I might get sick. You know, everyone was, <laughs> everyone literally was like rotating around each other in this big circle. Like, oh, if you take one step forward, one step back, like we all had to restrain you or you're against each other. But it got to the point where we kind of had a little bit more information. Our vaccines came out. You can get your booster shot. Your kids can get the vaccine. And we kind of know how people are reacting, kind of know how to react to the symptoms a little bit quicker. And this last variant seems to be very um, spreadable compared to the Delta, the Omicron. And, um, you know, hopefully none of these players are effective. But what I've heard from when it first broke out, and I want to say it was South Africa, that it wasn't as bad as some of the old, the, the previous variants. So hopefully this really didn't attack them and they are able to go ahead and, and, and build on the success that they've had early on in the season. Yeah, this really sucks. It comes at a bad time because they were playing pretty good ball, except for the couple losses that they had. But the Bulls still have five players on the roster remaining in the league's protocol. That includes Zach Levine, Troy Brown Jr., Ayo, Alize Johnson, they're all going to miss uh, the game against the Lakers and they're expected to be out till after Christmas. You also had Matt Thomas, who was eligible to return after completing his 10 day isolation period, but he's listed as doubtful on the team's injury report. And while Chicago had other another player, Stanley Johnson, into the league's protocol this month, he was only signed to a 10 day, 10 day contract for a hardship ex- exception to aid the Bulls' ailing roster. So you've got guys that they signed for a 10-day contract because everyone else is out, and then this guy gets it as well. 
I mean, it's just nuts on how it's been spreading over there. Yeah, that that was kind of ironic that the guy that they signed to ease up on some of the the COVID cases was was ended up getting COVID himself. So, um, and you know, the funny thing is, is that I want to say that when we talked about this a little bit before in the last episode, they're like, "What what are they doing? To, that that they're so uh, that they're around each other so much? Well, they're in the same locker room. I mean, that's what it is, and especially mm-hmm. on a team where you only have fifteen players um you know for your whole roster you're you're a lot closer together we saw a lot of uh, uh football players get it too because we saw right now i think Ch- uh, sean payton's out there's a lot of players in in professional sports right now that are that are dealing with covid because like i said this this most recent variant is very um contagious very so very hopefully, like i said hopefully they're able to come back and do their thing and click the way they were before because we still haven't i mean we saw how how quickly they were able to kind of play together as a team and figure each other out so hopefully they're able to get back to that because christmas day is usually a really big day for the nba it's they're they're kind of coming out okay you know who the good teams are versus the bad teams the guys that might make uh, look like buyers versus sellers so it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens with the Chicago Bulls team going into 2021. Right. Funny enough, Frank Vogel, who's the coach for the Lakers, will not be coaching the Laker game because he's in COVID protocol as well. That's insane. Yep. All right. Next yeah, up. You, the, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You know, who, you know who else is all messed up is Frank Gore. <laughs> oh, 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 shout out to the uh, former Illini and two-time Olympian for giving him a little whooping. Uh, next up for the Bulls are the Rockets and the Raptors this week. So hopefully those games are playable and we get to see some Bulls basketball because I miss it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. We got no baseball right now, so we got to watch something. Yeah. So, E, what's up with our beloved Bears? All right, speaking of COVID, the Bears announced some good news regarding their COVID-19 outbreak on Saturday. The team activated nose tackle Eddie Goldman, who is for some reason not vaccinated, even though he took the whole of last year off due to COVID or whatever. Uh, Yeah, they activated him from the reserve COVID-19 list, bolstering their defense. Uh, The Bears still have 12 players and all three coordinators in the COVID-19 protocols. The players remaining on the uh, protocol are Allen Robinson, who... You know, isn't playing this year anyway. Eddie Jackson, Andy Dalton, Larry Borum, Artie Burns, Mario Edwards Jr., Duke Shelley, Jesse James, Ryan Nall, Joel, that guy, uh, Sam Kamara, and Isaiah Coulter. Uh, no idea how to say Joel's name. Iga Biga Bit, that guy. Uh, sorry, man. If you listen, I can't. I'm sorry. I can't even spell that. Um, in addition, the Bears have also been out, been without DeAndre Houston Carson, Jason Peters, Xavier Crawford, and Chris Tonga this week at practice. Uh, right now, the Bears sit at four and nine, and they really do not have much to play for on Monday night. And if they actually do, considering that they have all these players out, you know, other than really developing the young players and bragging rights against their divisional opponent, it doesn't really mean anything, you know, but we do expect them to play hard. Um, several players and coaches on Friday said that they'll still take pride in their work and playing. They will play to their highest abilities. Um, but look, if the Bears want to pull a little bit closer to second in the division, they're going to have to go out there and do their thing. Yeah, I mean, so this is difficult. You have, I don't know, how many players did you mention? About 15 of them? <laughs> Jesus. And, you, I mean, I think the minimum that the NFL uh, roster needs to have is 36. 
but 38 would be a little bit more comfortable because you have to take account with the kicker and the punter, those two guys that are barely on the field. But 36, I mean, that's a lot of guys out. I mean, Jesus. I mean, I think uh, what Cleveland and, and uh, the Raiders had a similar situation where they had to postpone the game because of all, all the COVID uh, cases. You know, Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland was one of those teams that did have a pretty big COVID outbreak. And, you know, it's funny that you say that the NFL requires you to have 36 players because if I look up and down the Bears roster, I think I see more, maybe about four or five actual players on this team. So I don't know what they're doing playing NFL games. It's, it's, it's been a very frustrating season. I think that when the Bears drafted Justin Fields, we thought that they were going to be, you know, this much improved team. And we forgot about the coaching that they had on this team. So, look, I think that we can agree right now. We can only really look at the development of Justin Fields going forward for this season. That's the only thing that still matters in the last four games. We know that there's a 99% chance that Matt Nagy will no longer be the head coach of the Chicago Bears once this season is done. Now, there's an argument right now that if Justin Fields, uh, he should he be starting? Well, guess what? Number one, Andy Dalton's on the COVID protocol, so Justin Fields is going to start unless you're trying to put uh, Nick Foles up there. And, uh, you know, funny enough, I actually saw uh, an article talking about Nick Foles trying to kind of develop into this coaching role, which we have seen him on the sidelines with the iPad and looking over things with, with, um, with Justin Fields. Now, the thing is, is that if you notice throughout history, the players that are never that great usually make great coaches. Agreed. They usually do. So, I mean, it's a, it's a possibility that there it is beneficial to this team to have someone that like Nick Foles that has won a Super Bowl on the team and just kind of like, hey, there's ups and downs. I know I was a backup when they came in and won that Super Bowl. But let me ask you your opinion. Do you think... Barring whatever's going on with Andy Dalton, do you think that Justin Fields, if he is healthy, should he be starting for the remainder uh, of this season? That, that's the biggest caveat. If he's healthy, put him out there. Give him the most experience that he can. Obviously, you don't have the great offensive line to protect him, and we've seen that all year long. But if he's out there, let him learn how to read defense. We talked about the the progression of Patrick Mahomes. His first year, he said, I couldn't read a defense. I was just reacting and tossing the ball up. And obviously, you had a better uh, core of players, of, of talent out there with him. But Justin Fields needs to be able to read a defense, be able to assess what's going on on the field and say, okay, I don't have a play now. I need to be able to throw the ball away. And I don't need him running every single play running for his life because he's already got a cracked rib the last thing you want to do is uh injure himself even further and then we he's out for this season and next season or whatever it may be so him being healthy yeah i want him out there um and i, I do like the that uh, he has a mentor uh, on the side on the sideline giving him advice hey you missed this this is what it should be because when we saw um uh Jesus, what's what's his uh, Foles, B, uh, BDN, uh, BDF, or whatever his <laughs> name is now? Um, when we saw Foles out there, uh, he was arguing with Nagy when he was out there saying, "No, this is this is what I should be calling." And Nagy's calling the play, and he's like, "No, no, I want to call this play. Why are you slowing me down?" So if you see a veteran quarterback having uh, uh, being disgruntled about play calling with Nagy, he doesn't want that to happen to Justin Fields. 
So he's saying, hey, this is when you see this kind of coverage, this is what you should do. Maybe do a check down, you know, live to see another play. You don't need to make a splash play every single play. That's not that's not the NFL. It's not going to happen like that. Even Aaron Rodgers doesn't make a splash play every single play. So you got to check it down. Move to move. Just move the chains. Move the chains. Use your running back. Use him to protect you. Move use to move the ball. Get a change of pace. Yes, you need them out there. So, yes, he should be out there. Um, and there's no one else to back him up, really. I mean, who's who's the emergency quarterback? Uh, the emergency quarterback is Dave Montgomery. Okay. All right, then. All right. So, so I want to talk about a couple of things, a couple of points that you made there. Number one, talking about the offensive line. Within the last couple of weeks, we actually have seen the two rookies that they drafted, Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins, take the field. Larry Borum came up after he was finally healthy. I don't even remember what was wrong with him, but it took him a while to be able to get into the game. Now he's in the COVID protocol, so that 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 sucks because we don't get to see him out there. Um But we saw Jason Peters, 39-year-old Jason Peters, get hurt in that Packers game and get called off. And then we saw Tevin Jenkins get his first actual regular season action where it wasn't uh, on the special teams. He had been playing a little bit of special teams the week prior. And now we actually saw him in a game. And he had a couple of penalties. um, And it was stupid penalties. He was rookie penalties because he's a rookie. But he actually did not play bad. And seeing him and Borum out there um, gives you a little bit of hope for the future because because Tevin Jenkins was drafted way lower than than he was expected to be drafted. Originally, when the Bears had the number 20 overall pick, that's where he was actually projected to be drafted, and they were able to get him much later on in the second round after they did their trade with the Giants to get Justin Fields and move up to 11. So now, you know, we can talk about that. That's number one. Now, number two, we talk about the fact that we see him working with Nick Foles on the sideline. Nick Foles famously had a conversation with Brian Greasy prior to a Monday night game, either last, I think it was last year, where he says that me and Nagy are on the same page. He didn't say it exactly that way, but it did come out that there was some transgression and, and, and disagreement that were going on between the quarterback and the head coach. That's not something you ever want to see, considering the fact that your head coach was a former quarterback. He was in the Reno League, and we saw him. I, I just watched the Matt Nagy hype reel not too long ago, actually, this week, where he showed his highlights from winning a, uh, a Reno Bowl championship. So I think the the biggest problem with Nagy is that he's he, he he's almost unwilling to learn. He's almost making himself, as a coach, uncoachable because you know any coach you learn from coaching and you learn from your players you learn how to deal with your players you learn what they like what they don't like what they're good at what they're not good at you know how to navigate that water and he had a problem with not only navigating that water but also knowing how to delegate because he wanted to be the play caller so bad that he couldn't figure out that hey I'm the head coach now. I have to pay attention to the defense as well and to the special teams as well. So I have to be able to allow my offensive coordinator, who I've been through three of, I have to allow them to do their job and actually call the plays and develop a game plan, number one. Number two, I think the biggest concern about Justin Fields continuing to start for the rest of the season is the fact that 
when you come back next year, like I said, there's a 99% chance that Matt Nagy's not going to be here. And I think there's a pretty good chance that Ryan Pace is not going to be here either. There also have been uh, rumblings about Ted Phillips possibly taking a step back from the football operations side. And, and that remains to be seen. But right now, we know that more than likely there is going to be a change at the top. Matt Nagy sitting there forcing his system onto a guy who he's not going to work with next year. Is that beneficial to Justin Fields or is that going to hinder him going forward? Okay. I think that we can agree that Justin Fields getting as much playing time as possible is a good thing. And I think that what you do is you sit there with that thought in the back of your head that, hey, I know he's not going to be here next year, but let me see what I can do. Let me see if I can at least grab some of this stuff to help me develop in the NFL and maybe, maybe lean on a guy like your boy BDN. Okay. Yeah. So that he can understand what he's good at, what he's not good at, and also be able to look at it critically instead of just sitting there and, and like Matt Nagy, who's so arrogant that he thinks he knows everything. No, I totally agree with you. And then that's that's a great point that the administration most likely will not be here. Um, we are hoping that they clean house and they start fresh and they, they actually do their due diligence and hire somebody as a president of operations that knows football. Not someone that they that's you know associated with the family, someone who is actually proven that can build an organization from top to bottom, uh, and be able to hire people, and then just keep delegating, keep hiring people that know that know what they're doing. You want proven commodities. You don't want to take any more risk, especially with your 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 uh, uh, your franchise quarterback that's supposed to be here for hopefully the rest of his career, and 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 and. Take us to, to to the Super Bowl in, in 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 the future. That's what you want. You you want the best for that for that uh, uh, for the development of that quarterback and the organization. Who will that be? I don't know. Who do you got? Who do you have in mind? So first, I, I want to talk about the things that we the good and bad things that we're seeing out of Justin Fields. We see that he definitely has he, he has the speed. He has the arm. The, the, here's the problem he has really great escapability but he has an issue with holding on to the ball way too long and what that does is that it affects his accuracy because now he's waiting to get hit then he had he went on and got his ribs broken or cracked or whatever the hell whatever phrase you want to want to say his ribs hurt that's going to hurt you for the rest of the season and it's not going to just heal on its own he likes to do this little jump pass thing, and we saw it a bunch of times in that Packers game. I'm not mad at it, but here's the problem. It's a really, really risky throw because you, when, whenever you leave your feet, you have no idea what's under your feet when you're going to land, right? And you got all these players you see all the time where offensive linemen get their, their legs rolled up on and they break their feet and, or break their legs and their feet and all the time, and you really don't know what's going to happen. And it's totally from his baseball days, playing baseball in high school and college, that jump. You know, we see Carlos Correa and Javi Baez do it all the time, you know. And and the funny thing is, is that I actually got in on, into an argument on Facebook. Shocking, I know. Uh, but I got into an argument about one of the announcers saying that we as Bears fans, we should want Justin Fields to be compared to a guy like Aaron Rodgers. We see a couple of little things here and there. And the argument was like, we should never want Justin Fields to be compared to Aaron Rodgers. He's such an arrogant asshole. I'm like, who cares about that? That's stupid as hell. I don't care. Uh, I, I want, I 100% want 
want Justin Fields to play like Aaron Rodgers. I don't care if he's arrogant. I don't care if he says that he owns you and he puts on the, 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 the fake belts and all the other crap that he does. I don't care about that. I want my guy to go out there. I, I want him to have confidence. I want him to be accurate because I'll tell you one thing for sure. There is no other quarterback in the National Football League that recognizes a free play quicker than Aaron Rodgers. And when he chucks that sucker down the field, and we saw, we did see Justin Fields do this earlier in the season. We saw it, but it just didn't work out. Or, or it was that play where he thought it was it was a free play and it wasn't, and all of a sudden it ended up being an interception. Whatever it was, but what it tells me is that he's starting to learn how to recognize those things and start to look for those things. Aaron Rodgers is going to get that call because he's Aaron Rodgers. He's been in the league for, what, 15 years, and he's one of the greatest quarterbacks, whether you Bears fans want to admit it or not. You should want your quarterback, your franchise leader, the guy that you expect to be there for 15 years of our team and not just them you want him to be compared to a guy like rogers agreed there's what a handful of quarterbacks who are elite they're, they're and they're most of them are not even playing you're talking about Peyton manning you're talking about uh tom brady who's defying time i don't know how he's playing so well i mean there's times where he has the old man hiccup you know thinking that he gets five downs but that's that's neither here or there aaron Rodgers has proven to be one of the most elite quarterbacks we've ever seen in since I'm probably Brett Favre, and I think he's better than Brett Favre at this point. Um, oh yeah, uh, right. Who, I can't even think of another good quarterback. I mean, besides Patrick Mahomes, he's a younger, younger guy. But I'm talking about the older guys. There's not many left out there that that command that field. But all those guys have incredible confidence in themselves, and and, and yes, there's a little bit of arrogancy. You know why? Because they're damn good. Anybody who's been an elite player is an arrogant sob. Let's 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 be honest with that. Most of those guys are arrogant. Any wide receiver, what do they do? They 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 jump and holler and hey, this is a first down or I got a touchdown dance. They're gonna show out. That's what they do. Every quarterback. You see what Aaron Rodgers said. He owns us. I can't not disagree with the man. He has what like two losses against us or something like that in the last ten years. I don't know. It's 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 ridiculous. So you want the you want that confidence. You want to be compared to an Aaron Rodgers. You want to be compared to a Peyton Manning who can read a defense and call Omaha just to distract the, the players, make your own plays. I mean, Peyton Manning was literally like that's, his head was that big because the playbook was inside of his head. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it reminds me of the Simpsons uh, steroid uh, episode. Yeah. You know, here's the thing, too, is that, you know, we, we talked. You mentioned basically a whole generation of quarterbacks, which includes Tom Brady and um, Peyton Manning. And let's throw Eli Manning in there. And you, if you want to, you can put Tony Romo in there and we could put Philip Rivers. OK, and then you look at a, a, a generation a little bit further wrong. Look at Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has been playing for Atlanta and playing consistently uh, for a long time. So there are uh, Russell Wilson is another quarterback that you can throw into there. Stafford. So there is a lot of. Matt Stafford. Well, yeah. Matt Stafford got stuck on the Lions, unfortunately. But yeah. I mean, he still has his own faults too. But uh, but you mean like these these guys right here? When we look at this most uh, recent generation of quarterbacks, I'm looking at Joe Burrow. I'm looking at Justin Herbert. I'm looking at Lamar Jackson. You know, I'm looking at um, uh, our boring our boy in Kansas City, Pat Mahomes. There is a, a little generation there of quarterbacks who are going to be outstanding as it goes. And you don't know. But look, I think one of the biggest things is Bears fans are going to compare Justin Fields right now to someone like Mac Jones, who is actually showing out in his rookie season. Um, you got another young guy in, um, in Josh Allen, you know. So there's a lot of good young quarterbacks who are developing right now. And I, and I think you 
you just want you want Justin Fields to be able to be one of those guys. Now, I think one of the most important and most critical things that's going to end up for his development is not only who is going to coach him, but also where is he going to play the majority of his career. We're still waiting to see what's going to go on with Arlington Heights, and hopefully that's something that they get done. But, you know, while we're talking about the fact that Matt Nagy will not be here any longer, I'd like to take a look in part one of our potential Matt Nagy replacements. And we're going to start off with a very familiar name to Bears fans, and that is Josh McDaniels. Um, right now, he is the current offensive coordinator for the Pats. A couple years ago, the Colts offered him the head coaching job there which he actually turned down and ended up going to Frank Wright, who was actually doing a very good job in Indianapolis. Um, he uh, McDaniels decided to come back to the Patriots to continue to work with Tom Brady, and together they won a title in Brady's final year with New England in 2019. Uh, for a little bit of a backstory on Josh McDaniels, he was the head coach of the Broncos in his first stint in uh, January of 09. He replaced the legendary Mike Shanahan. Uh, his reign got off to a rocky start, and his starting quarterback demanded a trade. And we all know that guy because that guy was Jay Cutler. Uh, there was a lot of rumors with McDaniels soaring that he was looking to trade for the uh, England New England Patriots backup. Um, Matt Castle, who <laughs> he kind of floated around. He wasn't very good. I don't know what the hell that was about. But, uh, yeah, Castle helped the uh, Pats uh, finish 11-5 after Tom Brady tore his ACL and MCL in the first week of that season. Uh, Cutler was coming off a Pro Bowl season that year. He passed for 4,500 yards and 25 touchdowns. Uh, he was pretty pissed off. So he says, you know what? You want to go find another guy after what I just did? I'm out. McDaniels, uh, you know, he denied the rumors, but Cutler was like, we can't work together. So he was traded to the Bears for your favorite quarterback, not mine, Kyle Orton. And uh, he was traded for Kyle Orton and first round picks in 09 and 10, along with a third rounder in 09. And the Broncos also gave back a fifth round pick in that 09 year. So now McDaniels has been rumored for a while to be a head coaching candidate around the league. It looks like he will get a second chance to be a head coach in the NFL. Uh, he's only 45 years old. So we we hear a lot of people saying that they want a guy who's established in the NFL. He's been with the Patriots for a long time. He was a head coach for a short while, did not work out with the Broncos. But again, he's only 45. Would you be in favor of bringing in Josh McDaniels as the next Chicago Bears head coach? Uh, I think that would be a good choice. I'd be one of the good choices out there. I mean, there's going to be a, a good a handful that you can do. Um, Josh McDaniels, obviously, just like any first uh, coaching job, any first coaching go around, it doesn't go well. Uh, Belichick didn't have first go around. I mean, as we see, Nagy's not having a good first go around. No one has that because you're still learning on the job. Now, McDaniels has been with uh, under the Bel Belichick tree, and there's only been uh, well two coaches who have been successful i think doug, uh doug vabro from tennessee he was under mike, that mike under that vabro. mike vabro but he yeah very very mike vrabel yeah v-r-a-b-l um he's actually yeah he is doing well in tennessee um i don't if he was a coach it was like a strength and conditioning coach or a special teams coordinator or something like that but this is his first uh big coaching job i don't think he was ever a coordinator yeah, so I think McDaniel's knowing the quarterbacks and being uh, with with uh, Brady and 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 that offense, which they've been nothing but plug and play. It doesn't matter. They pick up guys off the street, and the offense just keeps on rolling. So I would 
be in favor of this. Now I'm gonna flip it around. Would you go after Sean Payton? Well, we'll talk about Sean Payton if if he becomes available. I'm not gonna talk about a guy in another team. That's just not because to me that that's a, a moot point. I have a whole list. We we we're gonna do this <laughs> for the next five six weeks because we're gonna go through give each i want to give each of the one of these coaching candidates a true chance so we can sit here and debate about it and so would i take sean yes but he's not available he's he's on the team right now Mm -hmm. so i feel like it's wasted breath it's wasted breath to talk about sean payton right now i don't know where the hell that came from um they're like oh you know let's get so-and-so from the team that he's been on for 15 years i'm like why would he leave Why, why why would you leave that yeah change of pace i don't know yeah, but so you think McDaniels would be a, a good choice then? Oh, I, you know, look, I think that when you have a young quarterback and you see what he's doing with Mac Jones right now. Now, Mac Jones has a different skill set than than Justin Fields. Justin Fields is definitely uh, much more skilled athletically, but it. But you look at Mac Jones. I mean, he's a prototypical Tom Brady clone <laughs> mm-hmm. as far as like you know, you know, potato body white guy who can throw the ball and and this very high uh, football iq and he had a a national championship so i mean i think that you know he would be a good coach because we know what he can accomplish and you know like you said matt Nagy not ever being a head coach before he he began his stint with the bears that first go around rarely goes well and i'm hoping honestly i like Nagy as a guy i think he's a good guy i think he sticks up for his players a lot even though he says a lot of weird shit like uh the whole bu thing um that i mean i get that um the the big ass denny's menu and the way that you know we got to look at the why well the why is because you guys didn't do a good enough job that's 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 just what it is so I think Nagy might get another chance in the future to be head coach, but I think he's going to have to do the same thing with McDaniels, like where he sits around and, and it might be another 10 years before he gets a chance and you got to prove yourself. So 45 years old, he was a coach, what, 10, 11, 12 years ago. I'm not opposed to this hire at all. I think he's got a lot of, I think he did a lot of growing up in that time and he can also benefit from being off of that Belichick coaching tree. Now you're not wrong. Most of their coaches don't do well in the NFL. Romeo Cornell did not do well with the Browns and wherever the hell else he went. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Charlie Weiss was a, was a, a freaking disaster when he went to Notre Dame to be their head coach. There's not a lot of coaches that come off of that Belichick tree. Now, don't forget, Belichick is off of the, uh, uh, what's his name? Bill Parcells. Bill Parcells tree. Thank you. So, I mean, that guy had a ton of success, but uh, Belichick, not so much. And, you know, Belichick is 70 years old now. He has been with the Patriots since what late 90s mm-hmm. he was the one that swapped out uh Drew Brees for Tom Brady when Drew or not Drew Brees uh Bledsoe Bledsoe when he got hurt and Brady came in so I mean we're I think with that one year of Cam Newton we're seeing that yes it is a system quarterback and I'm wondering my biggest concern here is you look at the similarities between a guy like Cam Newton and Justin Fields and we looked at what happened with Cam Newton on the Patriots last. You know, granted he was he was older and and he was coming off that weird season with uh, with the Panthers. But is that going to be the big deterrent? Seeing that one year that that he did have with a more athletic quarterback that can move around and he really does just really didn't do much there. Yeah, I, I agree with you that 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 is one of the concerns if you had an athletic quarterback like uh cam newton and actually cam Newton's not doing that greatly this this year at all i don't i don't think i think he's in his head um 
I, he's I, only I, played what? No, but I'm talking about this forget. this season. Yeah, yeah. I know he started playing later on in the season. He just got picked barely, up. Team. Yeah, yeah. So his, his, no training camp and all that. Yeah, yeah. So, but again, let, for right now, let's put McDaniel's on the cork board. We'll put a pin on it, and that'll be uh, uh, prospect number one. I can't wait to hear what else you got for us coming up in the next couple of weeks. So next week we're going to talk about Ohio State's head football coach Ryan Day. And should he make the jump to the NFL? That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, he, he won the uh, he won the national championship with with Justin Fields last year, so this will be interesting. He kind of he took over uh, after Urban Meyer was pushed out, I believe. Um, so that'll be interesting to see what happens. But uh, but yeah, we're gonna talk about him next week. Awesome! I'll start doing my homework. <laughs> All right, fans, we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. We all know that 2020 was no joke. And with an ever-changing world climate, many people are looking for a new opportunity. Guys, are you looking for a career that rewards effort and makes you feel valued as a team member? Let me tell you a little about our friends at ACSI. ACSI is a certified RCN business agent. They provide the same RCN services with a personalized touch. Their sales and technician teams work hand-in-hand, ensuring your experience will be smooth and pleasant. Gone are the days of being transferred from one person to the next. At ACSI, they handle everything from start to finish. It's never been so easy to get internet service. ACSI is a growing Chicagoland company that encourages personal growth and rewards perseverance. As they expand, they're looking for passionate, responsible, and honest professionals to join their team. A career with ACSI means you'll be part of a hardworking, flexible, and dynamic team that is a leader in the installation of cable and internet services in the Chicagoland area. Best of all, ACSI was awarded HACIA's 2020 Contractor of the Year Award. Are you ready to grow with a local Chicago company on the rise? Check out acsi.tech and click on careers to get started. That's acsi.tech. And- Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. It's that time again, brother. Uh-oh. You know what time it is. It's time. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's time for Stirring the Pot. All right, brother. So uh, I'm going to have to uh, flip the script here, and uh, we're going to argue. Because that's what we love to do, and you love to do that a lot, especially on Facebook. Let's talk your favorite Christmas movie. Because Christmas time. That's right. Is here. Oh boy. Uh, all right. So I'm, I'm gonna give you a few right here. I'm gonna give you uh, some honorable mentions, and I'm gonna give you my favorite. So uh, first of all, I'm gonna give a shout out to The Grinch, uh, the original one, not the one with Jim Carrey. That one creeps me the fuck out. Uh, but the original Grinch with. Uh, 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 the cartoon back in the day where where it's just the animation the voices the songs that's my absolute favorite i kind of like the one the the more recent one where they had uh, tyler the creator actually doing the three the theme song i put a couple of them songs on my uh my christmas playlist because it's actually pretty dope um and also um home alone man like home alone and and the the franchise but uh if I'm going for my favorite, I'm gonna give you two. My favorite family friendly one. Okay. Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. 
I mean, I know Santa, we know Santa, everyone knows Santa, especially if you're a six foot tall elf who had to travel to uh, New York to find your dad. That is definitely as an SNL freak and a, and, and a guy who just loves Will Ferrell in general. That's my favorite family friendly one. But my favorite one is Bad Santa, man. Bad Santa is so grimy and dirty and the fat kid with the snot in the nose. And I made you a pickle. And the, what's with these sandwiches, kid? And yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely my my favorite. It's one of those ones you can't watch with the kids. And sometimes watching the movie without the kids is way more fun. So my number one is going to be Bad Santa. What about you? Wow. Wow. That's all I'm going to say is wow, because I was in go honorable mentions as well with the Home Alones. Um, and Elf is up there. Yeah, I would say family friendly. You got to go Elf. And then for two, there's two, two of them we're going to tie right now. And I hate to agree with you. I hate to freaking agree with you because Bad Santa is one of my. Fa- I love Billy Bob Thornton, and he is freaking hilarious. Um, there's that one, but going uh, as number one Christmas movie, it's got to be Die Hard, brother. It's got to be Die Hard. Yippee ki motherfucker! It, for the the whole thing with Die Hard, they're like, it's a Christmas movie because it happens during Christmas time. Uh, it's such a fucking reach. Like it's <laughs> you're trying so hard to make it a Christmas movie. But we know what we're we we understand the 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 concept of of a Christmas movie. But when if I watch Die Hard in like July, I'm just watching Die Hard. I'm not I'm not like it's weird to watch Elf in July. You know what I mean? Like it's weird to watch Christmas movies any other time of year. But Die Hard, you can watch any time of the year. And that's kind of where I lose that whole argument about Chris. Die Hard is like, shut the fuck up. Like, I don't (laughs) care. I don't care. People try so hard to make it a Christmas movie because it happens. Like, oh, what am I? I'm going to talk about what? Harold and Kumar's Christmas. That was more of a Christmas movie than Die Hard. (laughs) All right. So let's let's, let's find something to actually disagree on. What is your favorite animated Christmas movie? How about that? Uh... Anime. I mean, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll go with is uh, Charlie Brown. I love, I love, love, love Charlie Brown. I'm a big Charlie Brown nerd, um, and it just <laughs> the bald kid who never nothing ever goes right for the characters are, are cool. You don't never you don't see characters like that, especially for like what should be a kid show. So I'm gonna go with the, the Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, yeah, I mean the, those are the classics. Uh, what about Frozen? Is Frozen a Christmas movie? No, it's not a Christmas movie. It's cold. It's just cold. <laughs> it just takes place when it's super cold. <laughs> it's cold. That's all, man. That is it. Yeah, there's there's really no no knocking the the originals, the classics, the Grinch. I like it. like you said, the Grinch, the original Grinch. That song is one of the songs I don't hate hearing during the Christmas time. When they uh, this week we've been playing Christmas music in the gym for the kids. And when that song comes along, I walk around like the Grinch and I, I creep out the kids just because I like to have fun with the kids. Um, it's just, it's a fun time. That's a great song. Um, the Charlie Brown, of, of course, every Charlie Brown, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all those specials are great. There's nothing wrong with those. They're classics. You can play them over and over without an issue. Yeah. But- all right. So now, now you want to fight about something. Oh, you want to fight because because that's what you. I, I was I trying know to. That you're, I was trying to. Cool every- your goal every week is to make me like have steam come out of my ears and yeah. start screaming in the microphone. So I'm going to ask you this then. If you want to fight about something about Christmas, we're going to fight about a song that is very controversial. Oh, and it's Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. Are you putting that shit on? Oh, man. 
No, I used to love it. Now I hate it just because it's a cult classic now where it's got to be played everywhere. They played at the bars. They played everywhere. And every every store you go shopping on, it's on like repeat for 45 times. I, I Once a week is good for me. I can't listen to it every day. How about you? Um, Mariah Carey and I share birthdays, so I will back her up because I know what kind of crazy she got going on in her head. <laughs> this makes a lot more sense now. Also being mixed race, we're in the same corner. So anytime that she wants to sing that song, I'm cool with it. Um, so yeah, that's that's what makes me right this week is the fact that we disagree on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay, let me ask you. What is your least favorite Christmas song? Oh, uh huh. Least favorite Christmas Christmas song. <sighs> um, Jesus, this. Is... Well, he's involved. Yeah, he's involved. He is involved. I don't know. Probably. Uh, Man, I, this is easy. This is an easy one. You go first. I, I, you wait. You're you're a music head after all. Let's just be honest. With you. Dude, every know, everyone knows Christmas music. Uh, Christmas music. All right, I'm gonna uh, tell you. You want me? You want yeah, me we go right first. Answer? Yeah, go first. What I think. No first. This is last. This first and last is Santa Baby. It is creepy. Santa it is creepy. Baby. Da, 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 da. Yeah. The whole song is about her being a hooker and wanting Santa to bring her free shit. That's the whole song. I need a convertible. I need that ring. I need that Tiffany thing that I saw in the window. The whole song is about this <laughs> this this girl talking about um Santa. I'll, I'll be your hooker tonight if you just give me a bunch of free shit. It's weird. It is super weird. At the way that she sing, it's like yeah, it's creepy. That, that's probably got to be up there. I mean, um, I'm always, I'm trying to think like maybe the little drummer boy. I'm not a not a big fan of that one either. Uh, a rumpa pump pump. Yeah. Want, want me to give, want me to give you number two? Yeah, please. Number two is uh, baby. It's cold outside. I knew you, you were gonna go there. I kind of like that song because it's an elf. Yeah, no, you, I'm gonna tell you why. Um, I really gotta go. Uh, nah, you no, you don't. Um, but what'd you put in my drink? Uh, that's called a handcuff, and that's why you're next to the radiator. That shit is creepy as hell. That's you a real fee. You got the prostitute who wants everything for free, including the, the Tiffany's, and she's probably the one that got handcuffed to that radiator. Oh boy. I really gotta go. What'd you put in my drink? All right, Cosby, calm down. What the hell is that about? It is weird. Those are a couple weird songs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like the duet part of it, but when you listen to the lyrics, you're like, oh, oh no, oh no, we can't say this out loud. But yeah, they're played everywhere all the time. Uh, again, I like that song just because it's an elf, and their rendition of it is is pretty ma- amazing because she was she's an actual singer, and and uh, you know your boy uh, Will Ferrell can actually uh, he, has, he has some decent pipes on him. Hey, so so. While we're talking about Christmas and before we talk about what we watched this week, tell me your favorite Christmas memory from being a kid. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Uh, famous memory. I, I think it has to be dealing with the uh, um, going to a family function, like a big family uh, Christmas party where there's a bunch of food and you, we're able to hang out with all the cousins and, you know, having about... 45 50 people inside of a house and everybody opening presents at a time and you know just being a kid and and being excited about um when is your turn to open a present next and obviously uh you know every family's different but you know my family would take one gift for each of us and then the rest of our gifts would be at home so you didn't know if you're gonna get your main gift there or getting your little gift there um because you know you sometimes you know more some family has more money than others you don't want to uh you know uh uh 
uh, boast on what you got like oh i got a nintendo you know gaming system and then the next kid got socks you didn't want you didn't want to put that kid down so we would probably get like a small gift uh when we went over to a house but for me that's that's the biggest thing is the the memories of hanging out with the cousins because you know as as family grows up everyone goes on their own paths and starts their own family so you don't long no longer have that what about you i'm gonna tell you what though don't be knocking socks as a christmas gift because uh you know it's that time of year i need socks i need drawers that's what it is once a year i need to refresh <laughs> Hey, we, we need to hit our, our boy Chico Golf. Maybe he has some socks for us. That is true. I I, I rock I rock the uh, the zip up this week, man. I yeah, love that thing. I it's, love that zip up. Um, look, I, when I think about Christmas memories, I mean, I I do think about my grandmother quite a bit. Um, yeah, I actually been thinking about her a lot lately. To be honest, um, I found a uh, a few things that that were in her house when I was a kid, and that uh, that I was able to save. Um, and you know, just one, I'll tell you one thing that we used to do. And I don't remember if we, if I mentioned this last year, but she had, um, I remember when I was a kid, she had this little manger and it had a little barn and she had the little, the statues of, uh, the three wise men, you know, Mary and Joseph. And, uh, we had the, the farm animals. But when I was a kid, my grandmother, used to take me to lincoln park zoo all the time when i when i was real little and one of the things that we used to love to do was going to the the farm in the park or the farm at the zoo and we used to always get um the little plastic toy cows and the pigs and stuff like that so every christmas when she would set up the manger scene i would literally she had this long buffet table and I would literally take all my other toys and kind of just build that out. So I'd have the little farm animals closer to them and they're small. And then I would literally from that point, just kind of cover the rest of the buffet with transformers, hot wheel cars, all that stuff. And just make this whole big scene where they're just all like there for this, this thing. Uh, that, that is one specific thing that I, I remember always doing at Christmas and it was always so much fun. And the other thing that I used to like to do when I was a kid was go Christmas shopping for my family. I mean, I remember going to like service merchandise up there where, where, uh, by the hip and, um, you know, old school Kmart and just like, you know, just going to get like whatever little tiny gift. And I'll tell you the, the funny thing is, is because. It's not like now where you have where you can get like 157 rolls of uh, wrapping paper and they all match and all this other crap. I used to wrap gifts with the comic pages from the newspaper nice. because I would that's that's what I used to pull out of the uh, the paper. I used to read them every week and uh, and I would save them so that when I had to get when I had uh, a gift to give to someone, I would wrap that up because in my head, I'm like, you can also read the comics when you're done. So it was kind of almost like a bonus thing, you know, and, and I always just I always love the comic strips. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's that is my favorite, um, you know, seeing the family and all that stuff. We didn't my, a lot of my cousins and everything like that. I didn't grow up with them. They, they live uh, all over the country. So just those moments with my grandmother and spending time and, and all that stuff. And, and I remember always, you know, always getting clothes and, and stuff like that for for uh, for Christmas. And my my mom would try really hard uh, to make jamaican food and she was not good at it but she was trying to do it for dad and and i remember having to try to choke down this terrible american version of jamaican food um but yeah i mean you know th those are those are the biggest memories i remember getting like a pair of puma boots and i thought it was so cool because we never got name brand shoes back in the day like at all i didn't get a pair of nike so i was in high school you know um so like getting a, i was in fifth grade and i remember like these these cool little puma hiking boots and i was like oh okay what's up what's up <laughs> all right so yeah those 
those are the ones that stick out the most to me. If you can, if you can name one gift as a kid that stick that sticks out, like the one gift as a child that you were like, oh my god, I got this. What is that gift? You know. The, the thing that I remember most distinctly are those damn boots because we didn't we didn't have a ton of money. Whatever toys that we did get was a, was like knockoff stuff. And, uh, you know, I remember like having like fake G.I. Joe's and things like that. But uh, my, my I'll tell you, I, I'll give you this. My favorite toy that I had as a kid that I still have to this day is the battle armor He-Man, where when you hit his chest, it would flip up and it would show damage. I still have it and I love it so much that a couple years ago, my wife got me the Funko Pop version of it, so I have that as well. And I still, yeah, I still have my original He-Man that my grandfather gave me in like 1984 or five or whatever it is. So that that was my favorite uh, toy as a kid because we didn't, you know, we didn't get a lot of that stuff. And it's not like now where we spoil the hell out of kids. So what about you, man? Uh, for me, it's, it's funny enough that um, you know, back in the day, we we, we both grew up kind of very similar. We didn't grow up with a lot of money, not a lot of name brand stuff. So. Um, you know, my dad had the big TV with the uh, with the entertainment, the Wooden Entertainment Center that had the uh, the record player with it. And I, that, so you know that whole jam, the thing that you love. Um, but I wanted my own TV, um, so I asked for Christmas for a TV. So my mom ponied up and got me a 13 inch Gold Star TV. Uh, you know the manual one. Uh, got it from Goldblatt's. And yes, yes, got it from Goldblatt's, my favorite store growing up as a kid. Um, so for me to get my own TV, that was huge because um, that mean like you know I have my own TV, in my own room, I can watch my own stuff. And then you know, in following years, I, I would get a Nintendo for myself as well for Christmas, and that was huge because now I can have friends over on my TV to play Nintendo, so we can play Tecmo Bowl all day long. All right. Speaking of that, before we go, what you looking at? What have you been watching that isn't sports? Oh, man, it's been a busy week, but I made time. Like I said, I went to the theater. Yes, I haven't been to the theater in, what, almost two years? Uh, To go see Spider-Man No Way Home. Ladies and gentlemen, this movie is amazing. Amazing from start to finish. Within the first, like, five minutes, there's a cameo, and I don't want to ruin it for everybody who hasn't seen it, but you're going to be like, holy crap, this they put it they put this dude in 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 the movie and obviously you know that there's going to be uh a a a slew of of villains and uh there's going to be some unspoken heroes in the movie um it's two and a half hours long you're going to laugh you're going to cry you're going to enjoy the action uh it was well done it does not feel very marvel-y uh, as a movie because it's not uh, it's made by Sony in association with Marvel so it sticks to uh, very true to the Spider-Man universe of Toby uh, is it Toby Maguire right yeah that's his name yeah and uh, and the other Spider-Man and then the new guy <laughs> you um, yeah look I, that's that's definitely on the list I have to watch that probably this week I'll take my daughter and we'll go check that out um, what I saw is something that I tried to watch a few weeks ago and I kind of really didn't dig it right away and I ended up giving it a second chance once I talked to uh, my guy Pablo at work he was like no you got to rewatch it and uh, it was eight bit christmas it's a uh, neil patrick harris basically uh going back home to his parents house and brought his daughter they were there a little bit early so they decided to spend their time playing his nintendo 
Um, and, you know, I was talking a little bit last week about the fact that I, I hooked up the Nintendo again with my VCR, watching my Star Wars uh, VHS uh, cassettes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, once I give it a second chance and once I kind of got par- past that first part, it was actually pretty good. Uh, the ending was a little bit unexpected, but I'll, I'll definitely probably give it another spin uh, sometime during this this season. I don't have the two weeks off like you, sir, yeah. but I do have a days off um that i'll be taking so we'll go ahead and watch that uh, rewatch that while we're uh trying to figure out how to put together whatever the hell toys that these children got because i will say this one thing about christmas is that uh i have no idea what these children got because that is what my wife does she <laughs> goes out and she gets the gifts i see the wish list and uh she's very she is she is so all about the christmas i was trying to wrap some gifts yesterday and i was just sitting there i was like i forgot how incredibly fucking terrible i am at wrapping gifts it is bad for as creative as i am it is bad i'm just like <laughs> this doesn't does not compute <laughs> um but yeah, 8-Bit Christmas, and I've also been re-watching Shameless a little bit because I didn't really watch the last two seasons, and now they're all on Netflix, so I am in uh, the middle of season two, almost to season three right now, and the funny thing is, is one of those shows, there were so many characters that came through there that there's a lot of people that you forget about over time, so it's definitely uh, definitely what I'm checking out, and, and with these couple days off, I'm sure we'll watch some more movies, but I'm going to be checking for that, so yeah man yeah um so what what else you you know we're gonna you're gonna clean out what else you got planned for this break man no look uh, i know i was telling you off air but let me just uh talk to you about the eight big christmas that's on my that's on my queue and then shameless is that's a show you can watch over and over but i just remembered because you know i have the horrible horrible memory four christmases with vince vaughn that's one of my favorite christmas movies because that is hilarious all right anyways uh for my Christmas break, this is what I have. I have to plan an itinerary. I got to get my butt up early. I'm going to go to the gym. I need to lose this COVID 45 pounds I put on. It's all, all in the center section of my body. Um, yeah, I need to lose because uh, these uh, thick thighs are ripping these jeans, man. Uh, I got <laughs> to get into the gym. Um, also, I have to rearrange my place because as a teacher and as a podcaster, I don't have really much time to do my laundry and clean my place out. So that's got to be done. Walk the dog. Go to the gym. Um, uh, again, I got to redo the uh, office here. I got to I gotta keep up with, with E-Rock over here because he has a uh, tremendous office uh full of stuff organized uh, meticulously and if you haven't seen one of our live podcast uh live uh facebook events there um there is every corner of his room is detailed to the figurine or the book um so let shout out to him for inspiring me to uh fix my place up so yeah the office has got to be done i uh, got to redo the kitchen um literally just a lot of housework just to get done but get my ass in the gym is, is the hardest part and um i got the time to do it and then catch up on on shows that you uh, keep recommending what about you well yeah the shows that i recommend i watched a season and a half of and i forget about the rest of the show forever and <laughs> so yeah i mean you know like i said i i don't i don't have the uh the, the time all the way through out but i will uh, i got a couple of days here and here and there um you know we're just gonna we're gonna spend some time at home with the kids i mean you know it's funny because my my youngest daughter has been uh very into me lately she was always into mom but lately she's she wants to see you know hang out with dad and, and have fun and 
you know, her and my older one trying to wrestle and beat me up all the time, which is always, always fun. And I'm like, this is, this is how you get hurt. Just so you know, <laughs> I, you know, when I'm holding you back and you're like, try to strain, but I'm a lot bigger than you. So that's, that's, that's how these children get hurt. But yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, just, just hanging out with the family, just relaxing, you know, trying to appreciate the fact that we made it another year and, and we're healthy and, uh, you know, we're employed and, you know, we enjoy the new uh, fireplace in the living room and, and, you know, just, just chill out, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, look, before, before we get out of here, I want to shout out, you know, all the people that have had a hand in the show in the past season, um, in the past year, you know, all the people that we've been involved with, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, Mikey O and the CPD Knights and Grit Clothing and ACSI and all of our fantastic guests, uh, Mike Logic, Gigantor, um, you know, Yomer Sanchez and Carlos Zambrano and Chuck Garfine and just so many, so many people that have been so generous with their time and, uh, you know, to be a part of what we're trying to do here, we just really appreciate you so much. And we, we really hope that you and your families have a fantastic holiday season, where, whatever it is that you celebrate, you know, just know that we appreciate you and we wish you happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, which I know was three weeks ago. Uh, we didn't forget about you. So we just want to say that we appreciate you guys so much, men and ladies out there. Make sure, you know, we just we just do it for you guys. And we hope we really hope that that you get a smile out of listening to our show. And uh, we hope that we were able to give some back to you as well. Yep. Well said. I got nothing else to add to that. But, uh, you know, everyone enjoy your break. Enjoy your holiday. Hug your hug your family as much as you can. And uh, we'll do this again next week, man. Let's get Absolutely. out of here. Let me get a quick shout out to my uncle Ronnie who passed away around this time last year, right when we we're getting ready to go to nationals. I still think about you quite a bit, and uh, I miss the hell out of you and, and all of our family members that are no longer with us. I, 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 it, it, it changes the way you think about the holidays, but I, I you know, we, we're thinking about you. So, all right, y'all, that is it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. A big thank you to our sponsors, Six Hundred Six Media, True Chicago Sports Fans, ACSI, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to go to gritclothingco.com and get your official TCSF podcast T-shirt. Search for keyword True Chicago and use our promo code TrueFan15 at checkout for fifteen percent off of your entire order. That's TrueFan15. Go and get your shirt right now hopefully next year we'll have hoodies available but i know there's a couple people that asked right now it's just t-shirts so go get those and then once we got some new designs we'll be coming up with those next year don't forget to visit our new friends over at acsi.tech and check out their career section to start an exciting new career in the communications industry go to acsi.tech that's acsi.tech and click on careers to apply today Shout out to our friends at the Some of This and Some of That podcast. Uh, new episodes now available on your favorite streaming service. Coach Mo and Justice talk about all types of topics, relationships, all that good stuff. So make sure you check them out. And don't forget to check out the Shy Native Radio podcast now available on all major platforms. Mike Logic, Ideal, and Throw MC talk about sports, movies, and all types of ill shit. Go and check them out right now 
now and don't forget do not sleep mike logic's new album as i was saying is now available check out mikelogic.bandcamp.com m-i-c-l-o-g-i-k.bandcamp.com get your copies get your cds brand new music video for his new single so low is now available to watch on youtube so don't forget to check them out and shout out to ronish panic serious beats and custom made for the beats we play on today's show check out panic on the for all your moment merch and gear and don't forget to check out prod by serious.com prod by serious.com and beats by custom.com to check out fresh music and gear uh hey some of the best producers in chicago so don't sleep on them and go get your stuff and uh, don't forget to check us out on social media you can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter. That's at True CHI Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us. Hit the DMs with your stirring the pot recommendations and your movie recommendations. And just tell us what you think of the show. You can also reach us at True Chicago Sports Fans at gmail.com. Before we get out of here, want to pay tribute to Masayuki Yumera the lead architect for the breakthrough Nintendo Entertainment System and the Super NES. He passed away earlier this month at the age of 78. You know, we talk about great Christmas gifts. That's probably any any kid in the 80s that was their greatest Christmas gift of all time. And we actually talked quite a bit about Nintendo this week. So, you know, we salute you, sir, and thank you for everything you did for the gaming industry. Uh, we also want to mention the passing of a great musician from one of my all-time favorite hip-hop groups, Longtime Roots bassist Leonard Hub Hubbard died at the age of 62. Uh, he joined the trailblazing hip hop group in 1992 and left following his cancer diagnosis in 2007. Uh, unfortunately, he's the second member of the Roots to pass uh, following last year. Roots co-founder Malik B died at the age of 47. Um, but yeah, Hub man, I, I love I love Hub. Always had the stick out the mouth and playing the bass and. Uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's one of those times, you know, we dedicate this part of the show to those that have passed. But this one hit me especially hard because it's just one of my favorite groups. So we will uh, definitely miss her. All right, y'all, for Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 77. Until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Merry Christmas, everybody. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> A few moments later. Wait, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Um, you know, this is not how we wanted it to go. You almost can't even make it up. It's that bad. Oh, my goodness! Didn't see that coming! I'm diddly deep! What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Lover boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos! That's all! Oh, I shouldn't have had those artichokes. I'll eat the poppers. Thanks, Cubs!